0: The Packers, a day after parting ways with Sean Meninga, are hiring Maurice Drayton. Good. I hope Maurice Drayton's a great coach. But my question, right off the right off the get rowdy, is Maurice Drayton? He has spent the last three years with the Packers, and in those three years, he served as the assistant to Ron Zook, and then the assistant to Sean Meninga. Do you really <laughs> want to have the same? This and maybe he's great. Don't get me wrong, but do you want a guy that falls under the same tree as Ron Zook and Sean Meninga? Wouldn't you want to look elsewhere?
1: Yeah, you'd think uh, <laughs> optics-wise, going out of uh, out of house would probably be the best.
0: Uh, but he could I be mean, good. He
1: could be good. I'm gonna give the guy a shot. S- and same. by the way, the last time a Packer returned a kicker punt, 2011, Randall Cobb.
0: Oh my God, it was <laughs> ten years ago. Ten- <laughs> That's what the research department already slipped you. Randall Cobb according, in 2011. According
1: to a Zach Cruz article from June 20th, 2020.
0: Oh, sweet Lord. Because I don't remember one this season. But yeah, according to a Zach Cruz article of 2020, the last guy to return, a, it was a punt or a kick?
1: It ended, it ended up being a kick return.
0: Does it say who it was against? I'm just curious. Randall Cobb, 2011. Wow. Absolutely incredible. All I've ever known with the Packers is just inept, awful special teams play. Also, awful defensive coordinating and uh, just bad moments in defense. It
1: was a win over the New Orleans Saints.
0: Wow, absolutely crazy! I have this stat right here, Rowdy. You ready for this? Uh, pro Football Focus for the Packers. <coughs> yeah, and
1: before that, it snapped an 11-year streak <laughs> as the last as the last one to score before Cobb's return. Was if you remember this name, Alan Rossom, oh. who had a nineteen or a ninety-two yard touchdown in the two thousand season.
0: That is, I feel like you got to be trying not to have success in that. How is that possible? So it's like every what every ten year span essentially, ten to eleven year span that the yeah. Packers return every a, ten years. Every every decade, Packers return one, and then we celebrate, and then we go back to just ineptitude. So Rowdy, special teams grade. For the past, uh, let's see here, five seasons.
1: And the last punt return, Micah Hyde, 2014.
0: Wow. Micah Hyde, kind of missed you, bro. Uh, looking here at uh, Pro Football Focus, Green Bay Packers. Packers special team grade rank last five regular seasons. 2020, they were ranked 31st. 2019, 22nd. 2018, 30 second 2017 30th and in 2016 30 second last second to last last 10th to last first to last now that's bad and obviously it's the last five years when you look at it and the
1: fact that it was sean meninga it was ron zook it was sean holcomb before that yeah all three of them were terrible yep now it makes you have to think was there something deeper going on? And by that I mean was the team just not very deep as in with players? And then you'd have to go back to Legia? Ted Thompson and, and, and we Brian already, Gutekunst. And we already know that the team was extremely extremely thin, especially in those later years of Ted Thompson.
0: Yes. And I mean, listen, it's not like they did much better once Brian Gutekunst got here either. Uh, you, there's, there's a couple things here. Did Mike McCarthy hang on to his guy, Ron Zook, too long? Yes. Did Ted Thompson not draft enough talent to Rowdy's point? Yes. But now you look at what happened. So they go with the outside hire of Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur brings his own guy in, Sean Menenga. Menenga only lasts two years. Packers are awful at special teams. But then it goes back to the talent that was brought into this team. Because Rowdy, if you're getting later on in the draft, right, how do you make your mark? How do you make your mark on a team? Don't you impress on special teams? The well, later in the draft round guys, and obviously some starters and whatnot, but later in the draft round guys make their impression on special teams and then work their way up that way?
1: Yeah, especially like if you're a later round pick, just making the team is a, a big thing, and then obviously you have to shine on special teams, or else you could be out of the league in any given day. Yeah, you're on the I suicide mean, squad. Look at look at former Badgers Chris Marigos. He made a career out of being a special teamer. Yeah, big time. And he made a he had a long career.
0: And you need you need to be good in all three phases of football, correct? You need to be good on all three on all three phases. I'm not just that's just not coach speak. That's a true thing, right, Rowdy?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to win a Super Bowl,
0: yeah. So the Packers obviously not good in that phase of special teams. We uh, kind of saw it actually because um, what was it? We saw I think it was Gavin, one of our awesome listeners, Gavin, and messaged us like the average starting position for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, after like a kick return. Or a punt was like, it was I think double in yardage of the Green Bay Packers of the average starting position in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game at Lambeau in the NFC Championship. It was just when you look at the talent in that's brought into the team, and you look at how bad the special teams is. Well, then where the hell is the talent? I guess that goes to the more point of why you have uh, the resurface Mount Notice of Brian Gudikus on there. Correct. Yeah.
1: that's why we do it
0: that's why we do it all right so I just had to I just had to bring that up I, I saw that right away and you know I heard the sports flash we got Maurice Drayton coming in and good for Drayton man I'm not knocking the guy I'm just looking at you know a long line here of Packers special teams of just how bad they've been
1: yeah I'm willing to give the guy a shot obviously but at the same time you can't you can't be thirtieth, thirty first, or thirty second in the league next year.
0: Well, you'd think there there's only room to grow go up. Could right? you
1: imagine if we see a Packers special team that's ranked like twentieth?
0: Oh, God, it'd be it'd be incredible. We, would we throw a party? Would we give that guy his own street in Green Bay? Well, welcome to
1: Maurice Drayton Lane. We're not we're not asking for top ten like Mike Pettin in the defense. We're asking for top twenty.
0: Yeah, just just enough. Just when, just when you, enough.
1: When you have fans and callers calling in asking for. Guys, to never return kicks and punts and just straight up fair catch it or let it go.
0: <laughs> what's been more? I I think I already know the answer because I have the same answer too. But what's been more like pull your hair out to watch for the Packers? Has it been the special teams or is it no? It's the defense. It's
1: still the defense, just because they're on the field more. Um, they're they're more on the front of your brain.
0: True. With that though, Rowdy. How, oh man!
1: But I think a last lot, year some of the plays from special teams this year
0: that stand out. Mind numbing
1: especially when it's like J.K. Scott falling down or having a terrible punt.
0: Or how about, here's my question, the NFC Championship game. Now, love me some Mason Crosby. Don't construe this as me, this and Mason Crosby. Love me some Mason Crosby. But even on the opening kickoff and a couple of the other kickoffs, if you're kicking the ball off, Rowdy, wouldn't you just sail it through the end zone so they didn't? they'll have no chance of returning it? Mason Crosby is kicking it to like the five yard line.
1: Yeah, I don't can can Mason Crosby kick it out of the back of the end zone anymore? I saw I him, don't know.
0: I saw him do it all season, and then it was that was that against the Rams when J.K. Scott did that little shovel pass to Mason Crosby and that botched um that botched what was it, extra point or field goal, whatever it was? Yeah, Mason, yes. Was that an extra point or field goal? I can't. It was an extra point. Extra point. And then he got that little injury that maybe that was the reason why he couldn't do it. Because well, I've I feel seen like Mason Crosby that, all season do it.
1: I feel like he was doing that quite a bit though, where he, they would like pop it up to like
0: Okay, so I was thinking about this. I just
1: thought he was just him getting old.
0: That or maybe that or I thought he was hurt or maybe it was that was what they were trying to do. Because even in the opening kickoff against the Buccaneers, the guy returned it to like the 35-yard line if I remember correctly. Like he got up the field pretty far. Why don't you just kick it out of the end zone and you start you make the team start at the 25-yard line? I don't understand why all teams don't do that. If you were a special teams coordinator, Rowdy, I would do this. I would say, hey, kick it out well, of the end zone.
1: Well, especially if you don't have a great special teams or yeah. a great kicker that can do that. Yes. I mean, if if you have guys that are really good on special teams and a kicker that can perfect it. Now, obviously, they're all professionals, but some are better than the others.
0: Sometimes you wonder if they are professionals at the end of the day, though.
1: You would just think it would be easier to kick it out of the back.
0: Well, you make sure them start at the 25-yard line. Like, Macy Crosby is kicking it all NFC championship game to like the five yard line. And then the Buccaneers would return it because the special the Packers special teams is so bad. They'd get like great starting field position. I never really understood that. But I guess that's why I'm not an NFL coach.
1: Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, I think I saw a statistic where it was like the Packers' starting field position was like their own twenty three. Yeah. So actually it was below, below where you would get it if you uh, had took a touchback. And I think it was where the Buccaneers were like their average starting position was like on their own 37, which was like plus 12 yards from where you'd get it if you kicked it out. It's,
0: it's mind-numbing. But again, I guess we're not special teams coordinators in the NFL, Rowdy, because we must not understand it. But here's the thing. Neither is Sean Menenga anymore.
1: Yeah, but also if they, hire, <laughs> if they hired both of us to be special teams coordinator, we'll, we'll yeah. do it as like a co, co-coordinator. We wouldn't get much worse. No. Because the ranking can't get much worse.
0: Yeah, Rowdy, I'm already envisioning it. You and I would take Mason Crosby aside before he ran out on the field for the kickoff, and we'd, we'd be co-coordinators, and I'd say, all right, Mason, here's what you're going to do. And then, Rowdy, you jump in and say, Mason, you're going to put that ball on the tee, and you're going to kick it out of the end zone. And then i jump in and say, yeah, Mason. So that way, the team starts at the 25-yard line. I think, I think we could do a better job than Sean Menega just by doing that. Just us double-teaming. The, uh, the sentences here to say to Mason Crosby to kick it out of the end zone.
1: Yeah, then my tip for J.K. Scott would say, don't close your eyes when you kick the ball.
0: <laughs> or he could say, hey, take two weeks off, then quit. I want to put a bow on this. Okay, I don't want to spend a lot of time on special teams, but just how bad the special teams have been for the Green Bay Packers for so long, It's I don't even know how to put it into words. And it's not like these coaches are bad coaches. Ron Zook had success. Like, Ron Zook was a good coach, right? Didn't he take Illinois to the Rose Bowl? He did.
2: But half of that could be the position guys.
0: True, yeah, but I mean, he's coaches, overseeing these hires.
2: things and the recruits you actually bring in. In the pros, you don't really have a good shot at bringing in the type of. I mean, okay, so uh, I guess it goes to the GM it, then. It does a little bit. You have to fill a roster and have decent players be on your special teams. Yeah. Um, it, it's odd as you look at this past season. Like, guys didn't know where they were supposed to be on the field. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's because J.K. Scott couldn't put the ball where it was designed to go or if these guys didn't know where they were supposed to be. Coverage
0: just looked horrible. I mean, J.K. Scott— once knew where to put the ball, like he was good. It, wasn't he a Pro Bowler? Like, yeah. but, <laughs> back to the Pro Bowl, but and then all of a sudden you're just like, dude, this guy. What happened to his leg? What happened to his his brains? What happened to J.K. Scott? Did his brains get scrambled from like some that that hit he tried to avoid somehow? Like, is he is? Uh, I don't get it. And then, and Rowdy brought it. When's the last time the Packers had a kick return, Rowdy? 2011? Yeah, kick, the last kick return was Randall Cobb in
1: 2011 against the Saints. The last punt return was 2014 with Micah Hyde against the Detroit Lions. That's insane! <laughs> That's insane! <laughs> it's been a while. A little, it's been a just while. Just a little
0: bit. It's, it's crazy. I just, so, and then Rowdy brought up the point because we I was just so transfixed and fascinated on special teams itself, and he's like, well, look at the bigger picture. Look at what the talent then on the roster and how it equates to the Packers. You need to be good in all three phases. And Rowdy, you brought up what? Ted Thompson's talent bringing into the team. If you were trying to work your way up to, you know, a bigger position for, you know, offense or defense, you got to impress on special teams. And no one on the Packers are really impressing on special teams. Hell, last year, they were the, they're going to be the worst ever in the NFL, and they had to bring in, what, Tyler Irvin? And thankfully Irvin— Uh, I think uncorked like an 11-yard return, and that made the Packers uh, 31st 31st instead of 32nd and not worse in the league. It's insane. I don't (laughs) – and uh, I saw a Twitter poll from our guy in uh, Eau Claire. I know you're on Eau Claire once in a while with uh, the captain, right, Dan Casper? Uh, They had a Twitter poll. It's like, what has been more annoying or what has been more of a bane of the Packers' existence or your existence as a Packers fan? Was it the defense or the special teams? I think it's easily defense. Because they're on the field more.
2: I'm gonna go ahead and say special teams. And you guys talked about it earlier when you talked about the average starting position. Packers were negative <laughs> nine from the twenty five, and Tampa Bay was plus twelve. I mean
0: It's insane. The, I gotta wh- find Well I
2: was well, I was with the Badgers prior to Bielma becoming the head coach. The special teams coordinator always talked about hidden yardage.
0: Okay. This was, okay, here we go. RJ. Here we go,
2: baby. You have to win the battle of hidden yardage to in order to give yourself the better chance of winning. And while he was there, Wisconsin tended to win the hidden yardage battle. Um I like that the hidden yardage. And you know, after B took over, special teams kind of took a back seat and that's nothing against him, but I mean he didn't actively recruit Kickers uh-huh. and punters, and for a while we had some guys who you know weren't the best and then all of a sudden he started offering scholarships again and you got guys like Brad Nortman and a couple other kickers who well do you were think actually pretty decent?
0: do you think that some with your time like you just said about Belama when you're with the Badgers, RJ, do you think that some coaches kind of, not scoff, but like look at special teams like, at eh, special teams, whatever?
2: Yeah, there are some out there that do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for a while, Wisconsin didn't play anybody on there too deep under Bielema. Didn't play anybody on there too deep at, at special teams. Uh, really? And then once it, they kind of realized, oh, hey, we just can't have walk-ons out here all the time, uh, they started peppering guys in there and then guys who were good special teams contributors uh, who weren't on the two deeper out there. So uh interesting. There there are some times where it is just the eh yeah, it's, eh special teams. Eh right. Eh. But in order for you to be good, it can't be an eh and the third thing you think of. It has to be All three phases. It it absolutely has to be.
0: All right. So uh I found the stat here, our guy Gavin loyal listener, cool dude, sent Rowdy and I this. This is when the Packers were playing the LA Rams. They flashed this screen or the stat up in the first quarter uh, just as the game had started. Packers special teams this season. Net punt average. 37 yards. That was good for 30th in the NFL. Punt return average. 4.8 yards. Good for 30th in the NFL. Punt return long. 11 yards. That was last in the NFL. Opponents punt returning average, 17.1 yards a game. That was last in the NFL. Opponent punt return touchdowns. Packers gave up two. That was last in the NFL. No wonder Sean Meninga got the blocking papers, dude. They're last or almost last in every single category.
2: Yeah. It,
0: I mean, And that just makes the NFC Championship game even more alarming that Lafleur chose the field goal, and then to rely on the Mason Crosby kicking it off in the terrible special teams, and then you throw in the defense and we all saw what happened. it
2: happen. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's a little baffling. Because
0: um, and- they're so analytic-driven. LaFleur says, I'm going to go for the field goal because the analytics tell me this way. Well, if you're so analytic-driven, why don't you look at the numbers of your special teams? Right. They're dead last and like everything. Well, and also your defense. Yeah. And Rowdy, what did you say about the the analytics when it comes to – uh? Of going for it with Rodgers as yeah, opposed to taking the field goal? it
1: was kicking the field goal versus going for it in that situation. Mm-hmm. The difference in winning percentage was like half a percent.
0: Uh, Deshaun Watson apparently asked for a trade a while ago from the Houston Texans, but <laughs> now is just finally hitting <laughs> yeah, the... Decided hitting, to
2: make it public. They made life. it
0: public yesterday because the the Texans' new head coach, what was his name, Cully? Exactly. Who? He said he's not going to, like, stand in the way of Deshaun Watson and let him do what he wants. So they're going to – what else are you going to do? Yeah, what's a head coach going to do? Yeah, so. I mean, but convince him to stay. It's like, dude, I'm the passing game coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens who are terrible in the passing game. Yeah. Like, Deshaun Watson's like, I am not staying here. And J.J. Watt, I don't know even know what he's thinking, but, man. Oh, he what? Yeah, he – He's wa- not going
2: to publicly say it. No. He'll never I think, publicly say it. I think it. I
1: understand what the Houston Texans are doing. One, they're going to get rid of Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt and anything that's worth any value on that roster. Yeah, They're going to let Cully come in, guy that's a first-time head coach at age 65, passing coordinator, associate head coach, and what was the other thing he did? Wide receiver coach? Yeah. So a guy that really, really probably wasn't that qualified to be a head coach, <laughs> they're going to let him stink for about three to four years and just collect draft picks. They're they're trying the first ever NFL legit tank. <laughs> 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 they're not they're not trying the Detroit Lions or the Cleveland Browns just being terrible every year. They're actively trying to be bad. Those teams aren't trying. They're just bad.
0: They're just bad. They're just bad. The Houston Texans are. I mean, they're the what? What would you consider them? The Lions of the South. Who's worse, the Lions organization or the? Te- I know the Lions have more history. I mean, the well, te- I mean, quote unquote history. The Texans
1: have been to more playoffs. I mean, Bill O'Brien, people can say what they want, but he yeah, took true. the Texans to the playoffs
0: pretty consistently. Well, I mean,
2: yeah, he was a good coach. He was a horrible GM.
0: Yes. And weird to look at with that butt chin. All right, so Deshaun Watson, they are uh, listing here the potential landing spots as he's officially, the news has officially hit that he requested the trade. And um, over half the league
2: is already like yeah, half the league. Yeah.
0: I mean, why not?
1: If you don't have some of the, the top, oh. top quarterbacks, why would you not be looking in or at least kicking the tires on Deshaun Watson? How
2: well, do you feel as, uh, what's his face from uh, Detroit right now? Stafford? Stafford's just, God,
0: come on! Well, he's once, I mean, he's uh, granted his wish, well, too. I know that, but, but like, yeah. he
2: was the top He was the guy. market.
0: Well, Watson <laughs> oh. is a three-time Pro Bowler at the age of 25, and he's the highest-rated passer in the AFC this season, and I think he set the mark for... Did he set the mark for like best quarterback rating above Rodgers? Then Mahomes took it. So remember when we did he's 25.
1: Remember when we did our quarterback lists before the season started? I think that was last summer ish. Yeah. And we ranked who like our top 15, top 12 quarterbacks were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did it based on peer ability. Who I thought was, you know, you take them and raw put talent. Them on, yeah, you take them and put them on any given team, they would perform the best. Yes, I had Deshaun Watson third for a reason. I think the guy's an absolute stud. Yes, he and I mean, look at is. he's look insane. At, look at the guys that he played with this last season. The offensive line, the best guy on there was uh what Laramie Tunsil. Well, even and he year, was he
0: was banged up even the, the year of, before, Rowdy. He was getting sacked like eight times a game. Yeah, the rest of the line when they flashed, uh, he was. Up, yeah, I know he was
1: when it's, they flashed up the Pro Football Focus ratings was kind of like the Packers pro football focus ratings for, like, special teams. If it wasn't about last, it was pretty much there. Yes. And then you look at his receiving court. I mean, you trade away one of the best wide receivers in football, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he just
0: loves Will Fuller.
1: I mean, Will Fuller is suspended because of PEDs. PEDs. Kenny Stills is obviously cut. (laughs) And you're looking – they don't have a big-name tight end. They bring in David Johnson, who was good like in 2016. Yep. You yep. bring in Brandon Cooks, who was good in 2016. The guy still finished the fantasy football season in the top five as a fantasy football quarterback. And it's literally just him on the That's team. It.
0: So, I mean, right here, I just read this. In the last quarter century, no quarterback below the age of twenty nine with multiple Pro Bowls on his resume has ever been traded. And he's a three-time Pro Bowler at the age of 25, the highest-rated passer in the AFC.
2: About to happen.
0: Of course half the league is in on him. I, I would imagine well, I just,
1: like 75% of the league should be in I on just him. think it's funny because what did the Houston Texans think was going to happen when, when you allowed this to happen? Like, I know you gave Bill O'Brien the head coaching position and the GM position, but don't you think being like an owner or CEO and president go... You know, I don't think it would really be a good idea to trade one of the best receivers yeah. away for a guy that is a mediocre running back, running back at best right now. That's way overpaid and hasn't been healthy.
2: What what that tells you there is that owner doesn't
1: care. Yeah. Oh yeah. And obviously, you allowed this to happen. Now you
0: figure it out. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, so it's just it's, 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 it's really
2: insane. inexplicable how.
0: It's criminal. If, you're a, te- if yeah. you're a Houston Texans fan, which I'm sure there's not many out there, but if you are, it's criminal. Then you we- probably want them arrested and the people in charge of Robinhood. And And, like, I, I understand why Bill O'Brien,
1: to a point, I understand why Bill O'Brien made those moves because they were in salary cap hell with some of their signings. They, were, they had zero draft capital, so they weren't really going to be any better. They were trying to f- free up some more draft capital, trying to free up some money on the books. So I get it a little bit, but still the optics of it, especially it's for terrible. guys like Deshaun Watson or J.J. Watt that are some of your better players, there's no way they can respect the move. Mm-hmm. The no. only people that maybe could respect the move is someone that knows that the franchise is a hundred percent going is trying to overturn that roster like completely. And then you, I, you almost you have to bring in like the J.J. Watts and the Deshaun Watson goes, hey guys. We're gonna be pretty bad here for the next couple of <laughs> years because we gotta really overhaul this roster. Yeah, and there's not really much we can do about it. So hang with us. But
0: I feel like they just kind of did it,
1: and then they're like to these two, deal with it.
0: Well, it's it's well, I mean the the owner and you brought up ownership right. Like yeah, it's you gotta start from the top of just lack of c- caring essentially. Like of what you're as long as you're like selling prop merchandise and maybe making the playoffs to like fool people that you're trying. Yeah, and you, as long as your bottom line is nice and fat. What does the owner care? I, and l- yeah, listen, I when we had Amon Green in here, when Amon would come in, he played for the Houston Texans. He said when he was there, now this was a while ago, but he said when he was there, it was like the most dilapidated. It's it's still the same family, though. All right, so coming in at number 13, the Jacksonville Jaguars. No. No, see it. Rowdy, just, we'll go yay or nay on this list. No in-depth, just yay or nay.
1: The Jags.
0: No. No. Nay as
1: I well. I mean, they're going to be taking...
0: Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. A
1: quarterback number one. Maybe Probably Trevor, Trevor Lawrence.
0: Lawrence. Number 12 on the list, the Indianapolis Colts. No.
1: I could see it, but I could see them.
2: They're in the same division. You're not trading him within division.
1: I mean, you are also not going to trade DeAndre Hopkins for <laughs> David Johnson. <laughs> they didn't
2: trade him
0: in division. But that's Bill though. O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's no longer there. Uh, okay, so um, I could see maybe, but I don't know. Um, You know, Philip Rivers is retiring. We'll see what happens. Also, Matt Stafford listed for the the Colts. It, It
1: makes sense for the Colts
0: outside of being in division. Yeah, yeah. Uh okay, this one comes out of the NFC North could spell trouble for the chi- or for the Packers number eleven the Chicago Bears.
2: It could happen. It's not going to. They don't have enough draft picks to trade.
0: I feel like Ryan oh. Pace is looking to save his to make everything ease over his decision <laughs> to get Trubisky. You could have had him. You in could 2017. have had him, but now you are going to get him later. The, the, the Chicago
1: Bears absolutely terrifies me. If they can somehow. Right? land Deshaun Watson look out dude I mean it's a it's a defense that historically is always at least solid yep do now they, have, they no? have a David Montgomery who is a, at least a serviceable decent running back and if they can uh keep Allen Robinson and you somehow land Deshaun Watson you, you already drafted Cole Komet and he looks like he could be a decent tight end in the future
2: do they have the cap space well I don't
1: listen, know if they
0: have the cap space but there's a
1: will there's a way though yeah or the okay. capital in the draft but if yeah. they find a way I'm terrified for the Bears getting Deshaun Watson for the next. If decade. I'm
0: Ryan Pace and you had the option to get, you know, Deshaun Watson for the draft, but you chose Trubisky or Mahomes, you went Trubisky. If I'm Ryan Pace, I'm trying everything in my power to try and get Deshaun Watson to show Soldier Field and the fans that may or may not go there, and that fan base that yo, dude, here's my mistake. I'm gonna go get him. I could see him doing Sorry. it. All right, I'll tell I mean, you.
1: If you look at. Deshaun Watson, you already said how he's three-time pro bowler, he's 25 years old. Obviously, he's going to be there for the next decade without some foreseen major injury. Yep. Uh If you're the Packers, how many years do you think you have left to Rodgers? 3 maybe 4 maybe. max. Yeah. Max. If if everything falls into place, you then have Jordan Love for which looks like the future at this point. Oof. Jordan Love is just three years younger than Deshaun Watson
0: and has no yeah. Pro Bowls.
1: Hell, he doesn't even have three times he's suited up.
0: So we could see <laughs> potentially Watson in the Bears. I'll tell you the top ten, but first let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Captain Christopher Fike. Well, this is the latest I think you've ever called in, Charlie. How are you doing today?
3: Um, I'm a, a beer and a career. Beer or career? Which one do
0: you want? Well, Charlie, uh, well, I want a career, so let me talk about this really quick. I'm going to toss you in a hole and yeah, right back to you, okay? Yeah. All right, I like a career in radio. All right, so the uh, Chicago Bears coming in number 11. All right, number 10 on the list. The Mike McCarthy School of Quarterbacking, the Dallas Cowboys, number 10. Dak Prescott coming back from that injury, what's going to happen. Uh, they've been negotiating with him for a while. Uh, Prescott under that franchise tag uh, in 2021 potentially 37.7 million dollars would cost a lot more than Watson's projected salary cap at uh, 15.9. Okay, I just brought up the Cowboys and Deshaun Watson. As soon as I said that, the only prolific Cowboys fan in this building, it's Luis, Luis from La Movida. As I said the Cowboys literally <laughs> walked by the window and gave me the peace sign. Maybe he's listening. And he well he can't hear us. This is a soundproof room.
2: No, I am saying maybe he's maybe. like on his phone
0: listening. Could you see the Cowboys be like, "Sorry, Dak, we're going to go to Deshaun Watson." Yeah, I could see I that. I could see it, Rowdy.
1: Uh, maybe a little bit, but I think that would be a a bigger mistake to just let Dak walk.
0: Yeah. yeah. Especially cuz I, I think, think they're you are going to commit to that. I think you
1: can get him a little bit cheaper right now because of the injury. Not that I'm saying they're going to get a huge discount, but I think, I think they should go with Dak.
0: Yeah, I think also, so too. With the but, injury. I mean, do you stay committed to a guy like that who's giving us all? Then he gets injured. His foot's facing the other way. Uh,
2: I would, but I don't. think I mean, Jerry we, would. I yeah. mean, we
0: just saw what Alex
1: Smith can do, and his whole like leg was broken in like every little piece possible. Yeah, and I mean his his whole leg was like torn up. Yes. I mean, if he can come back after a couple years off and. Still win games in football. I'm willing to give Dak, who yeah. dislocated there's, and broke his ankle, ankle. And a lot win of money. Games
0: in football? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number nine on the list the Las Vegas Raiders. Very interesting story of Derek Carr. And John Gruden and their relationship. They got Dwayne Haskins. Sent Derek
2: Carr where his brother just died. What? Yeah, and then he'd go where die there too. They put him too. to death
0: because Derek Carr would die in Houston. He would. There's uh, not going to yeah. any success. I, I'm there. a fan
1: of Derek Carr. I think he's a good. I like Derek Carr song. too. I like to Derek Carr yeah. too. I don't. I think he had one bad season, and then pretty much the Raiders organization threw him in the trash.
0: Yep. Yeah, I like Derek Carr, dude. Uh, so nine for the Raiders. Number eight, the Carolina Panthers. Sure. Uh, let's see. The Panthers on the hook for all but three mil of Teddy Bridgewater. So. Oh,
1: I mean, you already know where I stand on Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think he's very good.
0: Teddy Two Gloves? Teddy nice. Two Gloves. Uh, number seven, our guys in Shano, listening right now in Appleton, Doug and his brother G Dub, the Washington football team.
2: They need a quarterback.
0: They do need a quarterback. We brought up, the, you know, I mean, Smith. They do have the world beater in Caleb Haney, but.
1: Tyler Haney?
0: Yeah. Whoever. Caleb Haney. <laughs> Uh, G. Dub, their- our uh, football team says, I want nothing to do with this trade. No, thank you.
1: <laughs> well, if you're Washington, you had four quarterbacks. They have last cap year.
0: room. They yeah. have cap space to make it work. You had four quarterbacks last year. You cut
1: Dwayne Haskins, who was your first round pick from, what, two years ago? Yeah. I mean,. I know some of the football fans out there like him, but Taylor Heineke is not the solution.
0: No. Well, here's the other thing about uh, <laughs> Kyle Allen, no. little little no. Little, no. Fl- little
1: flipper who no. turns no. the ball over all the time. That isn't the solution. No. Alex Smith would have been the solution maybe five years ago before all the uh, injuries. Well,
0: okay. Do you think Deshaun Watson wants, and G Dub and Greg listening? Cover your ears a little bit because I'm gonna I'm gonna do a dig here at the football team. The Houston Texans have been a top to bottom, dysfunctional organization. The Houston Texans uh, do not have good leadership. Would Deshaun Watson willingly want to go to from the Houston Texans who suck at the top to a guy named Dan Snyder who runs the football team who has nothing but dysfunction for, uh, God,
1: years? I think there's a lot of stability now in Washington with Ron Rivera. And yeah. didn't That's they a good just, point. Didn't they just bring in – um the former GM with the Panthers that he was working with prior to that. And that GM, if you actually look at it, kind of a head-scratcher why they got rid of him because even just their last year's draft brought a lot of talent to that Panthers team, and he's had a lot of success in the past. I think
0: So there's a culture shift happening in in Washington? I mean, take take away.
2: It all was stemmed by the rampant. Sex scandals. With Dan Snyder and
0: all that other stuff. And
1: uh, Gruden's brother. Yeah. I mean, mean, take away. Okay, if you didn't know that Dan Snyder was the head of it, and you just knew it was Ron Rivera, and I forget the GM's name, and that was the face of your organization with obviously looking for a quarterback, you wouldn't know that there was anything dysfunctional about that team. I think they're definitely trying to bring in a different culture.
2: Yeah, and And, it seems to be working. And you see the success that Alex Smith had as well as – Heineke, yeah,
0: that guy was a and baller.
2: You you drop a Pro Bowler in like Deshaun Watson, that that elevates that team totally. Right all right, so away.
0: I mean maybe well, let's, we'll move on. I don't want to spend all the time on the football team here. Number six, the Denver Broncos. We've seen Elway go and uh, dabble in the market for you know big quarter he big money quarterbacks.
2: He's purposely <clears> tanking <throat> on getting a good quarterback so he can remain
0: the man in Denver. He's like, I will never let my legacy die while I'm alive.
1: Denver's got some pieces around, but I mean, the quarterback play hasn't really been very good since what? Since – Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl where they got blown out yeah. by the Seahawks where he threw 50 touchdowns.
0: <laughs> All right, now for the top five here, number five, and I could see this one happening, the New York Jets. The Jets, you know, looking at Darnold, they have a new uh, – I can't
2: see that one happening. I think, you can't? Yeah, I well, think Darnold's not the problem.
0: I don't, well, he's not the problem, but maybe they just need a, a shift. I'll, I'll sort of tell you the Vegas odds uh, coming up here, and when it comes to the Jets, the Vegas odds have the Jets up there. I just don't. Happening. I just
1: don't see it. I know they brought in Robert Sala, but he's defensive minded. Yep. I also, I don't think Sam Darnold is great, but I don't necessarily think he's the issue. I mean, it, the issue just starts and stops with Adam
0: Gase. Crazy eyes. Adam Gase is absolutely terrible. And, and I mean, the little googly eyes.
1: He's t- he sucks. Why would Deshaun Watson want to go to a team that doesn't have an established head coach? Right. I mean, there's still some question marks whether Sam Darnold is the guy or not. Mm-hmm. Name really any other special players on that team yeah it's tough all it would be basically would maybe be getting paid more but why would you want to get paid more to suck well it's like mean, Le'Veon you
0: could have stayed in houston <laughs> and done that levion bell went to the jets to get paid more and to suck and uh, then he's like Give me the hell out of I mean, here you
1: could get a. you yeah. could kind of got a, you could have got gotten a big contract to stay in houston and you would have yeah
0: you had been stinky too. number four yeah. on the list the san francisco 49ers landing Deshaun watson Possibility. I could, I could yeah. see that. I could definitely see that happening.
1: Why would you not want to go with the Kyle Shanahan offense? I mean, look at what that offense did for Matt Ryan. Yep, yep. not in the second half of a Super Bowl, but, but.
0: All right, number three on the list. This, these, this organization is terrible, and I don't know if Deshaun Watson would go to another terrible organization. But in the NFC North, the number three landing spot could be the Detroit Lions no. for Deshaun Watson. Because
2: I think he has some say in where he goes.
0: Yeah. Um and. Having
2: watched that press conference of what what's the guy's name? Campbell. Dan Campbell. Yeah. We're going to punch
0: you in the – we're going to bite your kneecaps. I would not go play for that man. All right, number two is the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick gets his new uh, quarterback. Yeah, I can, that's probably where it's going to happen. And number one, the Miami Dolphins, who already want to move on from Tua Tagovailoa Yeah,
2: I, I can see either of
0: those two, especially, uh, what, the
2: GM for the Texans? Yeah. Came from – the patriots?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like Stafford's more of a Bill Belichick same guy yeah, than, I could see that than Deshaun Watson would be. But,
0: but there's two teams on here that make me raise an eyebrow. I don't think he's going to go to the Lions, but I could see I could see the Chicago Bears who are on this list making a pull for Deshaun Watson. We never remember when the Khalil Mack sweepstakes was going on and the Chicago Bears literally came out of nowhere to land him. They were like I don't they weren't even listed as Vegas yeah, favorites. I don't, I don't get I don't
1: get why the Bears aren't in the top 5 cuz if you're Ryan Pace and you're Matt Nagy you want to you, exercise the exercise You demons. watched you watched for 45 minutes and I questioned why you were still on the stream. Yeah. Their little press conference about talking about how they were going to be given one year the ownership and management really didn't seem like they had a, a plan. It almost looked like Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy really didn't have a plan. Well, here's a plan. Go get a top-five quarterback. It'll solve a lot of problems. You could have
0: got before. We were talking about potential landing spots for Deshaun Watson, and there were two NFC North teams that landed on the list of uh, spots for him. And that that was a Bleacher Report had an article. It was number 11, out of the 13 teams. Number 11 were the Chicago Bears. And number three were the Detroit Lions. I do not see at all Deshaun Watson going to the Lions. Do you? I mean, it, I mean, th- never say no, but do you see a, a world where Deshaun Watson goes to another inept organization? I
1: don't see them being that high on the list.
0: Yes. Now number eleven was the Bears. I feel like they should have interchanged the Bears for the Lions on the list, but I didn't. You know, I'm not the author of it. But when you look at the uh, Chicago Bears. The, one of the funniest jokes ever, besides that they live in 1985, uh, Back to the Future is the favorite movie for Bears fans because the DeLorean does go back to 1985. They can go relive the Super Bowl shuffle. But the other joke that's hilarious, and besides Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton, uh, Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky is part of this joke, besides the quarterback play of the, of the Bears, Rowdy, when Mitchell Trubisky was drafted, who was, he, who was he drafted over by the Bears and Ryan Pace? Obviously, the joke goes Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Yes, and now Deshaun Watson, for the first time, like, uh, God, it was it was decades that a guy under the age of twenty nine with multiple Pro Bowls is available for a trade. Deshaun Watson is twenty five, has three Pro Bowls under his belt, the highest passer <clears throat> rating, excuse me, in the AFC. Ryan Pace and the Chicago Bears, uh, or Chicago Bears, brought back Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Rowdy. Remember when the Bears got Khalil Mack? One of us, many called it the stroke of genius for Ryan Pace. In fact, I think Ryan Pace did win executive of the year that year for doing so. The Bears were never even on the list of landing Khalil Mack, according to Vegas. Right? The Bears came out of nowhere to get Khalil Mack, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, we were even hearing that rumors about how Brian Gutekunst and the Packers were interested. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, they always have those reports where it'll be like, well, the Packers are interested and the Steelers are interested. You know, they name the few teams and then they go, and then there's a couple of mystery teams sniffing around. Yeah.
0: And it turns out the Bears were the mystery team and they got in there. Well, the Bears now, okay, reading here, 11th on the list. The Bears could let Trubisky walk, which they're going to do, make room under the cap for Watson in 2021 for hoping that NFL's cap number will skyrocket along with Watson's salary in 2022 and beyond. And Houston would probably, they're saying, be happy to send Watson to the NFC, get him out of the AFC. Uh, That being said, the return might not suffice for the Bears. I mean, here the number 20 overall selection this year's draft and a 2022 first rounder almost certainly would not, they say, get the job done. And even an extra day two pick in this year or next year's draft might not be enough. The Bears would have to ask themselves if it would be worth hollowing out the rest of the roster due to cap constraints and mortgaging their future to bring in a player. They passed on early in the 20th. See that's draft. just
1: that, that write-up just doesn't make sense to me. Cause even if you did get rid of most of your draft capital for the you know next few years, how is that necessarily mortgaging the future? Deshaun Watson is the future. Yeah, well, Deshaun Watson, you said it, he's 25 years old. You can expect barring any major injury, He'll be there for a decade and he'll be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I feel like that's not mortgaging
0: the future. That's an that, investment. That, that, yeah, you're investing into your future. Hopefully Robin Hood doesn't get involved with Ryan Pace and investing in his future and just totally, you know, screw him over. Yeah. How was that mortgaging? No, I get it. So when the Bears when the Bears got Khalil Mack, remember their draft afterwards? Like they didn't draft until the fourth round. See, this that's what doesn't make
1: sense. Like you see, the big time trade that they made for Trubisky, where they gave up all the draft capital. Yeah, you, you see the big time trade for Khalil Mack, where they gave up a lot of draft capital. Did any of those articles? I mean, maybe there was some, but did any of those articles talk about the Bears mortgaging the future? No, they were for those they for were, those picks. They were beating off over it. Now Trubisky turned out to be a failed quarterback, and Khalil Mack still a good player, but probably not worth the price. mm Hmm. That was never mentioned as mortgaging the future, but bringing in a quarterback who is a top-five quarterback, in my opinion, in the NFL. Well, I mean, he is by stats. And he's young. Yep. How is that mortgaging the future, but the other two weren't?
0: If any, It it just doesn't even make sense. You're investing into your future. That's what you're doing. In fact, Ryan Pace won GM of the year, executive of the year for doing what he did with Cleo Mack. Deshaun Watson, in theory, and you see
1: all these guys playing until they're 40 now. He could be your quarterback for the next 15 years.
0: I could see Deshaun Watson coming to the Chicago Bears. I could see Ryan Pace trying to amend and change and correct history of him choosing Mitchell, as some call him, Stink Bisky, and others refer to him as Turd Bisky. Mitchell Trubisky, a guy who could not figure out how to turn a TV off in Hallis Hall two years ago of how bad he was. I could see Ryan Pace trying to correct the wrongs of his past to, make sh- to, to appease Bears fans and himself.
1: Well, I mean, if you're on the chopping block, like Ryan Pace has to be, I mean, he's, from that press conference that you watched. It, it almost, we, wa- we watched. I made you watch it. It almost feels like they have one year to figure it out. Why not go all in for this one year? Worst case scenario, you're going to get fired. But here, I'll let him in on a little secret. If he stays with Nick Foles or he stays you're with gonna get Trubisky, fired. you're going to get fired anyway, so you might as well try something different. What's well, funny because when uh, I and, was... And I hope he doesn't bring in Deshaun Watson, because if I'm a Packer fan, I'm terrified of the Bears for the next 10 to 15 years if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback. I'm pooping bricks. I know that Aaron Rodgers' days are numbered in Green Bay, whether they want to force him out or he wants to yep. stay, just because he is getting older. And... Jordan Love right now is your quarterback of the future, but he doesn't even dress.
0: You have no idea what Jordan Love is. We know what Deshaun Watson is. A baller. Dude is a gamer. If he is in the NFC North and the Bears, with the, you know, the Bears got a pretty good, always historically have a good defense. The Bears have a lot of some pieces on offense that look pretty good. I mean, that Cole Komet's going to be a very good tight end. Uh, Is Allen Robinson a free agent? I
1: don't, I don't know for sure.
0: Well, the Bears got – I know they got some uh, – that rookie wide receiver they had. Looked Darnell pretty, Mooney. Yeah, Mooney looked pretty good. So if the Bears get Watson and the Packers have this, you know, just a finite amount left of Aaron Rodgers, man, that would be tough. But, Rowdy, through the eyes of Vegas, favorites to trade for Deshaun Watson. The Chicago Bears come in at plus 2,000. They're last on the list. The Vegas Raiders plus 1700. Big Mike and the Dallas Cowboys plus 1500. The football team plus 1200. The Broncos plus 1000. The Patriots plus 900. The Niners plus 700. The Panthers plus 500. The Dolphins plus 300. And number one on the list to land Deshaun Watson at plus 250, the Godforsaken New York Jets.
1: Yeah, I just don't I just don't understand some of the the teams that are on this list, especially like the New York Jets that are extremely high.
0: If well, I'm De- number one.
1: Yeah. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm leaving a team that's terrible. I'm leaving a team that's a loser. I've already got the big contract money coming. Why would I want to go to another loser if I already have the money? You know what I'm you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I'm looking to go somewhere to to have some money and to win. I just don't get why he would be interested in going to teams like the Jets. Why he would be interested in going to team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now I know ultimately it's not his say since he'd have to be traded. Mm-hmm. But you know that You know he has a say. He will have somewhat of a say because if he straight up tells Jacksonville I'm not playing for Jacksonville, yeah. I mean they're not really going to want to trade for him. I mean, if I was Deshaun Watson, I feel like teams I would want to go play for would have to be up there high at the list would have to be Miami. Would have to be the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Would have to be the Bears. Yep. And I think for me personally, it would also probably be the Panthers or the football team.
0: Yeah, I would put up the I would have the they don't Vegas lists the Niners one as fourth best odds. I mean, you got the nice Shanahan system there. You have pieces on that defense. You do have some pieces on offense. And Deshaun Watson I mean, dude, dude balls. He would thrive in that Shanahan offense. I could see Bill Belichick making a case for him, but I would see more of a Matt Stafford going to the New England Patriots. What do you think? And then there's that. There's Stafford. Um, where do you think Stafford ends up? I mean, his, his obviously he's a little older, but Stafford is a gunslinger. That guy is good. Do you see Stafford going? Well, obviously he's going elsewhere, but where do you see Stafford going?
1: I think for me, I think I like for Matthew Stafford, New England or Indy.
0: Yeah, yeah same. Uh, there's also, they're talking now that the, Pack, or the Packers, the Panthers could potentially do a trade for Stafford as well. I just,
1: I feel like, I mean it makes sense. I like Matt Rule as a head coach in Carolina. You still have Christian McCaffrey, who's one of the best players in the NFL, not just the best running back. Yeah. And then they signed Robbie Anderson, what was that, last year? Yep. They also have DJ Moore. I mean they have some pieces too. The defense, they drafted pretty much all defense last year. That defense has gotten a little bit better. I mean, they have pieces too. Look at uh, who was quarterbacking for him. It was Teddy Bridgewater. You go from an average at-best quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Two Gloves. At best Teddy Two Gloves. To a top-five quarterback that's going to vault that team 100%.
0: Okay, so Noel Hart Nelson on Twitch says, Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause so he has to that he has to waive. So he definitely has a say in where he lands. I will not. There's no way Deshaun Watson goes to another inept, defunct organization like a like a Lions who are third on Bleacher Report's list. Like a, I don't. I know the Washington Football Team has a culture shift happening right now, but still, you have Dan Snyder running that thing. Dan Snyder is a complete buffoon. Uh, he's an idiot. And what what do we know about the Houston Texans? They're run by buffoons. You also then look at. Um, I don't know, the Jets are just... Well, they got rid of Adam Gase, but they have Sala now as their head coach. Would Deshaun Watson really want to go in somewhere, Rowdy, with a brand new head coach and not even knowing what it is? Wouldn't you be more? I could see him going. Niners? I'll throw up the Niners, the Pat- the Patriots, and I'll even throw up... I, I fear that he will go to the Chicago Bears. I fear it. I. It makes me nervous. What do you think?
1: Well, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean... I still think he's a good player, and Detroit's a much better team if he goes to Detroit. Obviously, Stafford's been banged up. But, yeah, Chicago would be the place in the NFC North that
0: not not a fan for me. Yeah, and we never saw the Cleo Mac move happening, and all of a sudden, boom, Cleo Mac, a bear. Just think if they got Deshaun Watson and you got Aaron Rodgers nearing. But it's like some of
1: these teams, like Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets, you list some of them, you're like, why would he even consider that place?
0: Something we're hoping is going to work out is this baseball season getting underway. They're already in Maricopa County, already talking about delaying the start of the Cactus League, despite the head of the Cactus League saying that if they do, uh, have, if they do start on time, they'll be ready to go no matter what. But they're already asking to delay the start of the Cactus League. But here's the thing that I don't get. They're saying the Maricopa County... They're, it's like their COVID-19 positive cases are, are going up. They're spiking. But Rowdy, if you are a player, like, you know, for the Brewers going down to Maryville, I, last time I checked, I don't think any of them live in Maricopa County. So they're not in the community. And when they do get down there, you basically have your own community in the spring training facilities. You have everything you would ever need right there and people go get stuff for you. Why are they already trying to delay this and screw us?
1: It makes absolutely no sense.
0: Isn't isn't Maricopa County the same county that won't release COVID nineteen information though?
1: Yeah, they were one of the counties that came out and wouldn't release the public data showing that there were COVID spikes.
0: So kind of a little. So we're just taking them for
1: the word then. Yeah, kind of like California. (laughs) But we also have seen that if it's like California, that could change in a second when nothing actually really changed.
0: So they're already talking about it, but then in the same breath they're saying, but if they do come, we'll be ready to go right away. Okay. Well, Rowdy, something that we were going to talk about this week, finally getting to it. uh, I see teams like uh, the Angels say they're unlikely to sign Trevor Bauer. The Cardinals are bringing back Adam Wainwright on a one-year deal. We have other teams, um, you know, doing things. What are the Brewers doing? Yeah, that's the silence. So, yeah, did for you hear nothing. that? Did you hear that? That was that was intentional.
1: I mean, they really haven't done anything. Yeah, they've signed some guys to some minor league deals, guys that have been hanging around the Brewers organization for the last few years. Yeah, they traded um Corey Canable, but that's not really you're not really going to see any of the the fruits of that trade in the big leagues this year. It's been very minor, very small things. We we joke about how they've signed a, you know,
0: it feels like a hundred catchers. <laughs> They're at six right now. I think. Yeah, they were at six
1: between AAA and the major league level. Yeah.
0: All right. So there's a name that's linked to the Brewers. Talk about him in a sec. Justin Turner, Rowdy. That's the big name the Brewers are linked to. Justin Turner, as uh, Justin Turner, ranked right now the sixth best third baseman in Major League Baseball. And Brewers, I mean, could you make the case that they don't even really have a third baseman?
1: Yeah. They. I mean, they really they, don't. They don't. Like right now, it's. Luis Urias is probably the third baseman if, if the season started today, which he's played some third base, but I mean, coming up through the minor leagues, he's basically a second baseman shortstop.
0: Yeah. So Brewers in the market for it, but if you're ranked the third best, uh, or I'm sorry, the sixth best third baseman and Justin Turner coming off of that World Series, but I feel like he's going to be garnering some money that the Brewers probably don't want to spend. Well, I mean, the Brewers have been
1: linked to three bigger names in the last week or so, but all of them are co- going to command quite a bit of money.
0: Yeah, uh, we have question here. Uh, said, did we get rid, rid of Orlando Arcia yet? Uh, no, no they, they, signed they signed him, him. Uh, and I think he is the longest tenured Brewer now on the roster.
1: Yeah, they actually signed Orlando Arcia earlier, obviously this winter. Was it a one? And remember, they saved two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, they did. <laughs> was it? A, was it a two year? It was, uh, it was I think just one season. One for season, two point was it three or yeah, four million Yeah, it was, it was very dollars. team, very
0: team friendly uh, for Orlando. But yeah, all right, I'm gonna talk about Justin Turner coming up here, Rowdy, because um, the Brewers need to do something, right? I mean, they don't. Who's on first base? Who's on third and who's on first? Yeah, going into this off season
1: or I guess this new year, the Brewers' salary was currently their their team payroll was around 68 to 69 million. Mm-hmm. Now we've seen they've made some trades. We've seen that they've added a few guys to minor league deals. Their current salary hit is still under $71 million. And they're cutting. That's ex- that's extremely low. That I think that's about That's probably too high for them right now too. That's right around where they were at in 2017 when some people said they were going to have their worst season ever. <laughs> And now the Brewers now granted that team was One win away from being a playoff team it, yeah, but it, it, yes, it, it was. greatly outperformed What a lot of expectations were
0: I think the Brewers are hoping for that again And keeping their fingers and toes crossed They're, like, they're probably wondering if they could cut more money Just to see uh, what it does But here's this Jock Peterson uh, agreement for a one year $7 million deal with the Chicago Cubs The Cardinals uh, And uh, let's see here The Rocks are talking about Arenado I'm just looking at the headlines here for people. Yeah, Jock
1: Peterson was one of the guys that was linked to the Brewers in the early start of the offseason.
0: And now he's with the Cubs. Uh, Toronto trades for Steven Matz. You have Tanaka returning to Japan. Those are the top headlines for Major League Baseball right now. Uh, with Jock Peterson signing with the Cubs, Cubs were uh, unloading a ton of payroll to Rowdy, and looking like they were going to be uh, swimming around the bottom. Not as bad as the Pirates, but swimming around the bottom of the NL Central. Uh, the Brewers right now have... David Stearns has his work cut out from him, does he not?
1: Well, I mean, they do, and we we talked last segment about Justin Turner being a guy that they're linked to, Mm -hmm. but that's not going to be a cheap move. No, that's an expensive move. Obviously, the Brewers, without having fans in the stands, obviously not being able to have all that income. They rely on all that. They're not going to be willing to spend as much money, though I know we all want them to. They're, just, Me they're included. not. It's, it's not going to happen. But it's like you happening. look, you look at the last deal that Justin Turner signed, and it was, I believe, it was like four years worth sixteen million dollars a year. Yeah. So he's probably going to want something somewhat similar to that. Are the Brewers going to be willing to give a third baseman, you know, fifteen, sixteen, eighteen million dollars a year? I doubt it. No. I mean, we saw when they were when they were interested in doing that is when they thought they could win, and they thought they could win it all, and that's when they brought on. Mike Moustakis, Yasmani Grandal to those big deals for just one season because they don't have the ability to lock in that long-term money. So, I mean, if they did sign a Justin Turner or some of these other names that are linked to the Brewers, it would be for one season on a, a heavier contract.
0: I, know, I just don't see it happening.
1: I mean, you look at what they currently have though, for the Milwaukee Brewers on the infield and you have that Daniel Vogelbach who they, they claimed off waivers. <laughs> yep. He's essentially a DH that's played some first base, but now with the DH being probably not a thing this year in the NL, mm-hmm. he's going to have to play first base. So that locks him at first base. Obviously Keston here is at second. When's the last time the
0: Brewers been good at first base? I mean, I know Jesus Aguilar was what? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, he had one really good season. And, but he was like, we had to make a big campaign to get him voted in. I mean, he had a really good year that year, but for like a, well, for like a long. Prince besides, Fielder. besides Prince Fielder, has there ever been a time where you're like, yes, they're solid at first base? I mean, not really. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I mean, you have Keston here at second. You're going to hope for a, a big bounce back year for that guy. Shortstop, you have Orlando Garcia. Again, he's been around for a long time. We've seen some flashes. I mean, they did just sign that Daniel Robertson, who's a guy that'll probably be used as a utility player. Kind of like Uli- Luis Urias, who's currently Urius. at third base. If they don't sign a guy like Justin Turner, uh, but then the, the uh, other names that they were linked to so far this off season, we talked about Justin Turner. We mentioned Jack Peterson. He just signed with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. The other two names were Marcelo Zuna, who plays in the outfield and, Eddie Rosario, who also plays in the outfield, but has in the minor leagues, I know played a little second and third base, but I don't think you would sign a guy like that to all of a sudden when he's like 30 years old, throw him back at third base. <laughs> he's been a guy that's been playing outfield for the majority of of his career. And I, Does it even make sense that they would go after Marcelo Zuna? I, it doesn't make sense for me. When you bring in Marcelo Zuna to play outfield, or to DH. And there's not going there's to be no a DH. There's no DH. And the Brewers are are pretty handcuffed in the outfield when you have Lorenzo Kane who will be coming back, Christian Yelich, and Avisel Garcia. Now obviously they signed Aviel Garcia to a two year deal last offseason. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy because you look at the fact that the Brewers, their current team payrolls around seventy ish one million. Yep. They have about 41 of that 71 million tied up in the outfield just between Kane, Yelich, and Garcia. So why would you all of a sudden look at a guy like Marcelo Zuna, who at the best is playing outfielder DH for you? Like he can't play any other position. Yeah. And Lorenzo Kane, Christian Yelich, and Avisel Garcia aren't going to play any other position for you. Uh... That just doesn't make sense to me, especially when Marcelo well, Zuna, this doesn't
4: make sense. Right? his last
1: contract he signed with the Braves was for one year eighteen million. that 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 name doesn't make much sense to me. And then the other one would be Eddie Rosario. I know his last contract with the twins was like around eight million dollars. yeah, but he had a really good season in that shortened 60-game okay. season. So, I mean,
0: I would imagine he's probably even asking for more. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so when the Brewers need to – we need third base, we need first base. We need – but more specifically, okay, we have guys that need to play those positions, sure. And we have guys that maybe can play those positions on the roster right now. But what the Brewers desperately need more than anything is runs. They need runs, routing. They need bats in the lineup. The Brewers' offense last year was, was – I'm trying to be polite – bad.
1: Well, anemic. When you, when you look bad. at when you look at position by position, you look at catcher Manny Pena. We know he's a good defensive he was, catcher. He got hurt. He got hurt. Well, his bat wasn't there. Omar Narvaez, a guy they brought in for his bat because Yikes. he was he was through analytics. He was one of the better hitting catchers. I
0: don't think he could hit the broadside. Two of a seasons
1: barn. ago. But also, remember that flip side? He was one of the better hitting catchers, analytics-driven. He was terrible. He was also one of the worst defensive catchers. Yeah. Well, he was, again, one of the worst defensive catchers. But you had Manny Pena there, so, but he didn't but he bring his stick either. Yeah. He didn't bring his stick. He was terrible up to bat, dude. So you gotta hope that you're gonna get more production out of Omar Narvaez. Was he was he like 176? Yeah, he was terrible. Like they they gotta be what? hoping and praying that he can bring something to the. A pit.
0: guy known as a hitting catcher batted 176.
1: I mean, you gotta if you're the Brewers right now and how you're not spending money, you what have to hope hitting? that that he can come back and look like the form he did two seasons ago or else you're going to be really bad offensively at the catcher's position again.
0: I mean, wow. So the, I think the biggest bad on the Brewers last year, and this is like shocking, was Orlando Arcia, wasn't it? I, th- I think he was like the lone bright spot for the Brewers, and that's not saying much. Well, that that's because like, he wasn't like he wasn't like a bright star, but he was better than everyone else. If he had one of the better batting averages,
1: yeah, obviously Keston here and Christian Yelich still had some of the better production. But yes, Orlando Arcia, what you saw in that sixty games, you got to get that from Orlando Arcia. But you got to get that same production for one hundred and sixty-two yeah. games.
0: Well, okay, then I want to talk. Well, like okay, Lorenzo Cain obviously took the year, he played three games and he said, okay, this thing's not for me. COVID nineteen, I have a family to protect. So Kane goes a year away. How is that going to impact his bat? you got to think Kane, who's battled with injuries, is going to be the healthiest he's been in quite some time coming back for the Brewers. So hopefully that bat's there. But how did that time off affect his swing? Well, I mean, I've
1: said this before, and I'll say it again. You if I'm him. the Milwaukee Brewers, I would trade him.
0: Yeah,
5: I, I don't a, see that doing He's a guy that that's happening.
1: extremely good in the outfield, right? Like, people were screaming, why, do, why doesn't he have a gold glove for the longest time until he won one, what was that, two, two years, years ago? ago? Two years ago. But he's coming off of one of his worst career hitting seasons two years ago. He obviously checked out of last season, did not play. He's now 35 years old, not getting any younger, not getting any faster. But he's getting a lot of money though, and that contract, just like you said, it's going up every single year. He's worth 16 million dollars this year. He's he's one of the higher. He is the highest paid player. It's on like the what's Ruhrs. his
0: back gonna be? I don't see him trading him, but what's I, his back gonna I be just, like? I just don't see that bat getting any better
1: because he was a guy that would hit for average and use some speed. And then wh- he's, he's not all of a sudden going to hit home runs. I don't see the average getting much better. And defensively, he's only getting older, aka
0: slower. And well, yeah, you that you're out, you're away, you know, to you know get healthier. But we'll see if I mean he's a professional athlete. And I'm sure he kept up with his conditioning. It's like what's going to happen with Christian Yelich and his Yelich Yelich? The superstar production from Yeli was nowhere to be found last year.
1: Yeah, his his batting average was very disappointing. His strikeout rates was were through the roof. It's insane. And I've if I remember correctly, it was one of his worst defensive years. So you need to you need to ask Christian Yelich not to be what he was last year and to get back to that all-star form that you've seen and he, maybe even that, you know, former MVP, probably should have won MVP before he hurt Ye- his knee 2 yep, years no, ago about that.
0: But I mean, they need Christian Yelich back to being that perennial all-star and they need Keston Hira to stop striking out every freaking at bat and maybe play a little better defensively uh Keston Hira had a I know it's only 60 games well, and the one but Chris, uh, Keston Hira, man he was just whiffing at everything
1: yeah his strikeout rate was through the roof just like Christian Yelich's but outside of Keston Hira and Christian Yelich there wasn't a ton of guys that brought much production
0: with the no bat. N- not at all and when we're well, talking no, production, no, guys you know who did <laughs> the freaking barrel man at the end of the year, who they signed off of the street. What was it? Vol- what was his name again? Vogelbach. Yeah, Vogelbach.
1: Well, that's that's what's crazy with this Brewers lineup. You're hoping for Narvaez to bring the bat back a catcher. You're hoping that Kesten Hira can continue to swing the bat and not have that high strikeout rate. Same thing with Christian Yelich. You're hoping you can get something like a 300 hitter from Lorenzo. Like they're they're hoping for a lot out of these players. Where. Some haven't been consistent performers, and others are just getting older. Rowdy, how
0: long can one? How can the? Uh, how long can you rely on hope? And we're not. That's just offensively. We haven't even talked about the pitching staff. So you dropped this little nugget on me of who is the most? Is your DNA mutating? Yes, we your... I asked Scott that. Mike, I on hold. I asked Scott all the time. He got his vaccine. I asked him if his DNA mutated. He has said no. Uh, he has changed shapes though a little bit. He went from a pear to looking like a. Watermelon But now. if
1: we know anything
0: with Scott and his reporting, he could be three weeks behind. <laughs> yeah. So his DNA may be mutating uh, as he has went from a pear shape to now a watermelon shape. So there is that for you. All right. So who is the highest paid pitcher then on the Brewers staff? Josh Hader. Josh Hader.
1: Yeah. Josh Josh Hader is now your highest paid Milwaukee Brewers pitcher. And he doesn't make really that much. And he's coming in at just below $6.7 million. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, they're they're really not shelling out a ton. I mean, when when a guy named Josh Lindblom yeah. is your third highest paid pitcher on the pitching staff, he was the guy that signed, obviously, last before last season after playing in Korea. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, before we dive into this, let's go to the phones. Who's this?
3: Hey, can somebody go down to Milwaukee and poke the Brewers with a stick?
0: Is this Fuller? It is. Fuller. Uh, I know that uh, you were a little upset yesterday when you were taking a drive down the information highway. How are you feeling today? I did. I did. You called me a loser. I did play Beck's loser for you, though. I hope that uh, I hope you could bury the hatchet there.
3: It made it made my day. I'm okay, sure good.
0: Way. Okay, your uh, your phone call and I hope Nelson relayed the message made my day yesterday, Fuller. <laughs> well, let's see if I can follow it up. All right, Fuller. So yes, Milwaukee Brewers on this information of hi- a highway of information. Go. I uh,
3: I at some point, you know what they. Ha- they got. They don't have bronze salary anymore. They have to have money somewhere. I mean, this—it's a joke to say that. Oh, we got to cut staff. Okay, I understand they may maybe can't go sign another Christian Yelich, but why can't they go get a guy like Josh Turner? What 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 is stopping them? I mean, and by the way, signing him to a four-year deal worth sixty million dollars is pretty safe because I'm guaranteeing you. At least two of those four years, he's going to be pretty successful. Fuller,
0: I think the thing that's and this is what we this is what we have been told and will continue to be told, and there is truth to it. Obviously, is the Brewers, as the small market that they are, rely heavily on you know ticket sales through the gate, people's butts in the stands, and all that money, right? So when they don't have that they don't get money. Unfortunately, if there was a salary cap, I mean, it would be better. But since it's the have and the have-nots right now, the Brewers are a have-not. And, hell, Rowdy, didn't the David Stern or uh, Marco Adonazio say when they made it all the way to one game for the World Series that they actually lost money that year?
1: Yeah, but then that was also, if you remember, that was when they were putting up their – that same year was when they redid all their stuff yeah. in – So,
0: Fuller, uh, that's the that's what they're going to tell you. Maricopa County. Right, no, I, I I
3: mean, I, I get that's what they're going to say, but just – as a businessman myself, Hell yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't putting mo- better quality players on the field return their, your investment by putting more seats in the, or more fans in the seats? I mean, that seems pretty logical, right? <laughs> like logic doesn't no, logic no
0: longer applies from twenty twenty to twenty twenty one. Better
3: people are going to pay a premium for it. And if, you,
1: if you look at what the Brewers have done since Mark Ananasio bought the team, I, th- if I remember correctly, they've only taken a loss like one season, or else he's made a lot of money on teams that, for some good chunk of his tenure with the Brewers, haven't been very good.
3: Also, Mark Ananasio has made a lot of money in his life, which means he's really good at accounting. and you You know they're fudging the numbers saying they're taking a loss. There's no there is no way that they're taking a loss. If you're taking a loss, you're not running a business and you're gonna close the business down. I, it, there's no way they're taking a fuller.
0: Loss. You're not a fuller. you're not a businessman, you're a business man. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Fuller. I don't know what to expect from the Brewers this coming year. It's going to be one of those crapshoots, right? It's like you're at the you're at the casino and you're on a heater and you got one roll left in you and you hope you come up lucky, right? And I'll say
1: this: I'm with you. I, I was hoping they would spend some money this year because
0: They're you not. got you They're got not. Braun
1: off the off the books. That saved them just 11 million dollars in itself. With his buyout, you have Christian Yelich making just fourteen million dollars this year, and then all of a sudden next season he's going to shoot up to twenty-six million because that extension kicks in. Well, I actually, mean,
3: yeah, hey, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to spend money, this is your year to do it because no,
0: they're not. I mean, I agree with you guys, but they're not going to do it. Well, I, they I, don't I, have anyone in the stands. Be- they don't have any money coming in. They're going to say that because of COVID-19, we've taken a financial hardship on, and then they'll say that we have to cut more. That's what's going to happen. And your best two pitchers you're going to have
1: under, under salary for less than $10 million in Woodruff and Hader. I mean, so, the time is, is now, but COVID's the excuse.
3: And, and Burns. And Burns. Let's not forget about Cor- Corbin Burns. I yeah. mean, he was one inning away from being a Cy Young potential winner. And let's – let's okay. – the thing is, Talk it is, through,
0: baby. Talk it through. Yep. The
3: thing is, is, if you can just get one more piece, one more piece. <laughs> seriously, the NL Central this year is going to be... The powerful. NL Central
0: is very winnable.
3: If you get one more piece in your infield that can hit, you know you're, not, you're going to have a better season out of Yelich. You're going to have a better season out of here. It's, just, it's impossible for them to get worse. Chances are you're probably going to have a pretty good year in comparison with uh, Omar Narvaez. You get one more piece that can just put the ball in play, maybe hit you a few dingers. You're going to be sitting in a position where you're going to compete again. And really, what all, what more can you ask for? I mean, that's all you really, that's all you can really ask for. I mean, for.
5: yeah, I
1: want them to spend more money too. I think if you look at it financially, it, outside of this COVID excuse, they have a great window this season to sign guys to bigger deals because you have a lot of guys on cheaper deals. You have a lot of guys that have some upside where if they do hit – you're going to be a much better team, and then you look at the division. Pirates... Do you I guys honestly I, think they would be spending money? I don't know if the Pirates have a win total low enough for people <laughs> not to bet the under, looking at that roster. They're bad. The Cubs, Cubs are, are also bad. looking like they're trying to get out of a lot of those contracts. The Reds are still kind of... In, in a limbo where it doesn't area. know if they're going to pay or not. And what are the Cardinals? And, and the Cardinals
0: are somewhat trying
1: to acquire people. I mean, and there's literally one team that's 100% trying
0: to win, and that's the Cardinals. Well, the Brewers, do you guys honestly think they're going to spend money? Do you honestly think well, that?
3: Uh, here's the thing. If, like, if Be honest with yourself. If you're going to spend money, this is the year to do it because you're going to get... Okay, I understand. That. I get that. I want no, no, to see this, them, too. This is also the year that you're going to get guys at the cheapest, because everybody's going through this. It's not just the Brewers. So if you're like, I understand that. Have been sitting around for a long time. They're going to eventually have to Listen, sign contracts.
0: I want to see the Brewers win the World Series more, just like you guys do more than anyone. I want to see them get back to the playoffs. I there's no there's not a snowball's chance in hell they're going to go out there and start throwing around money. It's not
3: well. Happening. It's just one. Just just it's time, Justin Turner.
0: Perfect. I don't I don't. T- what the it. downside
3: yeah. is of Justin, Justin Turner. You sign him to a four year deal worth sixty million dollars. I mean, gets a lot of money. Here's I the downside. That. Here's
0: the one downside for Justin Turner-Fuller. He was uh, got COVID-19 uh, in that championship game, the last game when they won. He had COVID-19 positive. He came back out without a mask on to celebrate with his team. American family just it just sponsored the Brewers' stadium rights. Justin Turner, liability for COVID-19, no mask. Premium, insurance premiums rise. Therefore, the Brewers have to spend more money on insurance premium. That's why it's bad. I don't know. Conspiracy I, theory I Friday. like a guy that's willing to die on the field for a championship. For the cause. Yeah.
3: Hey, one more thing before I one more one more thing before I go here. Uh, have you guys, have you guys is your noticed? DNA mutating? What? No, 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 no. Uh, I, I'm on. What are you going to say? Uh, have you guys noticed all the women in Wisconsin this week are looking like three week old bananas? Huh?
1: Is this a joke? I don't know where
0: this is going. Yeah, What's that mean? All the bruises. I don't get it. Packer loss. Oh, oh, you're going oh. fuller. <laughs> we get out of here. You're out of You're done. Fuller. What was that all about? We don't condone that. All right. 608 th- And That was over both of our heads. I was like, I don't understand it. I guess I don't, we don't have the same level as, same level thinking as Fuller right there. Tiss, tiss, uh, tiss. We don't, con- mean, we, answer, no, we do not condone that. To
1: answer your question, do I actually think they're going to spend money? No, I don't. And that's what kind of why it bothers you a little bit.
0: Well, yeah, I but want
1: I want them to. I I'd like to see this payroll be around a hundred million dollars, but I don't think it's ever going to get there. I mean, it, you could look at this roster as is right now. I think they still need to sign roughly three to four more players to hit their thirty man roster.
0: I, I I listen. Don't get your hopes up here. Okay, if they
1: if they used you know say thirty million dollars to sign two bigger name free agents, if they did have Narvaez hit if Keston Hira and Christian Yelich played back to the level they were playing okay, at two years yeah. ago, they could be a really good team and they could make the playoffs and maybe maybe a deep run. I don't think they're a World Series That's, contender, but they're still a good team that would make listen, the playoffs. Man,
0: they, listen, man, I, listen, yes, I want the Brewers to spend money and do stuff too, but, uh, and I know you don't think it's going to happen. It's not. Ha- I'm not even going to get my hopes up. Uh, you're going to have to rely on luck. You're going to have to line you know, some of these guys coming up that they're going to be like, okay, maybe they catch lightning in a bottle. We and here talked. We, go. we
1: talked about how you know they could shut it down. They could start to kind of scrap the payroll like they've kind of been doing. But if you're going to do that. Remember how you, we used to make fun okay. of the Bucks all the time because they love getting the 8 seed? <laughs> yeah, well, if So they, they can do, sell some
0: merchandise at Coles. If
1: they do continue to do what they're doing with the Brewers, they're going to be the Bucks team that's the 8 seed. Maybe they make it in as a wild card some years. Maybe they just miss. But in, it's, it's shown in NBA and Major League Baseball, if you're not contending for deep playoff runs in World Series, yeah. then become one of the worst teams in baseball because it's called – rebuilding. Here's
0: Ugh. Rowdy. They were one game away from the World Series. They said they were operating on a loss, and then they cut payroll huge. They were one game away from the World okay, Series, okay. and they out, slashed payroll.
1: Outside of the COVID. Out, say COVID wasn't a thing. Say this we was before in, COVID was a thing. Say they we slashed it. Say we weren't living in a COVID time. Oh, I wish. Do you think the Brewers would be spending money this season? Because no. if you look at their payroll, they probably should be if
0: they really wanted to go all in. They were one game away from the World Series in the before times, in the better times and they cut payroll huge well if they don't go and spend money now to bring in
1: players and try and win it when they have christian yelich for cheap when they have a lot of these guys currently for cheap i'll tell you this if christian yelich plays like he did last year in that 60 game season and that contract kicks in to 26 million next year and that's a 10-year deal they're going to suck for 10 years because they're not going to have anything around a guy that they overpaid for
0: well they're not going to be overpaying for anybody Uh, we'll keep talking about let's go to the phones Welcome to the show. Who do I got?
5: You got Terry from the north side. The king of the north. What's up, Terry? First of all, guys, um, I don't know if the Brewers overpaid for Yelich. I mean, I think they got him in a garage sale deal. Yeah, that's so that the best friend. He's got a he team-friendly deal he with the Brewers. He would have made a whole lot more. But maybe not with the stats he had last year. Um, so maybe he did do the right thing with the deal he took with the Brewers because no one's going to pay uh, $300 for one from for a, a, a low 200 hitter. We've got one in Chicago. But my point is this, and this is where I think you're wrong. I think the Brewers win the division, and the Cardinals go right to the end. Then I think Cincinnati falls in, and the rumors are the Cubs are going to trade Hendricks and Bryant to Toronto for a whole load of minor leaguers. It would not surprise me that by the time the Cubs are done, they totally clean house. And I mean, I'm talking about it. They're going to sign one guy. They're going to keep Rizzo, maybe Baez, maybe one other. Mm -hmm. And after that, their pitching staff might be no better than Madison Mallard is right now. And if they unload Hendricks, uh, I'm telling you guys, this Cub team very well, and Nelson, this is where you're 1,000% right. Your Cubs have no chance of winning the World Series. Now you destroy, you break up, and you try to rebuild again.
0: Good morning to our guy from mybookie.ag, our gambler to the stars, Raphael. What is up, Raph?
4: Not to just say, you know, try not to hang up on you guys. A guy that says 100 losses for my Cubs. We just signed Jack Peterson. Come on, we're not going to lose 100. And we're going to watch Jeff Samarja throw today uh, Samarja. for a veteran starter. We're going, we're, we're, we're winning the division. little What's reunion up? there with Samarja? <laughs> winning the
0: division, Raphael. I don't want what you're drinking, dude. You winning the division just like the Brewers are going to be winning the division. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air. Uh, you said what would be the over-under win total for the Pittsburgh Pirates would be what? In a normal season? Yeah, I
4: would- I would say it'd be anywhere in the high thirties to low forties. Uh, ah! That's just based, and that's just basically Woo! thinking that we're going to see the same kind of schedule where we saw last year, where they're only competing against uh, the Midwest teams. Because let's face it, all of us can agree some of these Midwest teams are going to be awful yeah. this year in baseball.
0: Gee, high thirties, low forties. That's hilarious. Yikes! Uh, all right, Raph, something that. Um... Something that you were talking about last week before, unfortunately, the Packers lost to the Buccaneers, unbelievable, uh, was that you were going to make 1,000-plus Super Bowl prop bets.
4: How was that going for you, by the way? It's going well. I mean, uh, I think the matchup, no disrespect to the Bills Mafia, which I love the Bills Mafia, that's the one team we just did not win a Super Bowl, because it would be hard to think of a lot of imaginary prop bets. Uh, with the Buffalo Bills because they had no no name guys. I mean, but yeah, we know Josh Allen, but do people really know about Diggs? Do people really know about their tight ends and defense? I mean, let's face it, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and uh, Kansas City had marquee names where you can just throw a whole bunch of uh, great profits. So we got the matchup we wanted. I wanted to see Green Bay in Kansas City, because I thought Aaron Rodgers could be a, a lot of good prop bets, no disrespect to TB12, but I was looking for a lot of interesting Aaron Rodgers. Will he have a mustache? Will he have a full beard? Or is this just some crazy <laughs> stuff that I could uh, throw prop bets on there? But yeah, it's going well, but a lot of people keep on asking how it takes so long to post them all up. Yeah, okay,
0: here's a good thing, because I want to go dive into a, a look behind the scenes of when you guys are crunching the numbers and making the lines and then putting bets out. So with These are 1,000 prop bets. What, so when you make a line for something, Raphael, what is the process? Like, take us through the process of how you come to the number and then how it gets approved and then posted.
4: Well, there's about two to three of us head odds makers over here. Then we have a whole bunch of traders that will, will move the money around, including ourselves. But if I put in, let's say, if I post, if I send in five COVID Super Bowl prop bets, I send it in and then it goes to probably about two or three uh, proofreaders, and then they have to either shorten the title because we have a limited space to. Uh, put the title in, and then we put the odds in, and then the agrees, and then someone else has to approve that before we hit live. Because let's face it, I have a Midwest education. My spelling is not usually the best, hey! and my mouth is not usually hey! the best. You're
0: in the, you're talking in the Midwest right now, Raph. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me.
4: <laughs> so it, it goes through a <laughs> lot of process to uh, put prop bets because we just don't do one at a time. I'll send in like maybe anywhere between twenty-five to fifty prop bets per email, and I do about twenty emails a day. So. It's a long process. To, that person that has to sit there and proofread a guy that, went, again, went to a Midwest uh, uh, schooling.
0: Yeah. All right. So Rowdy asked you a question off air, but I want um, him to ask it on air. Nelly, I hope everybody buddy Fuller's listening. Yeah. He's working on his comedy a bit.
1: So much since that final Packer game about Aaron Rodgers and where will he be playing. You guys put up a prop, right, where, uh, where will Aaron Rodgers be playing next season?
4: Yes, uh, we did. We, we, I, put, I put up a prep bet to wear what jersey would Aaron Rodgers be wearing in week one, Packers or other. And it, it was just embarrassment to see how much Packer money was coming in. Because I think we can all agree that unless for something significant, I think if uh, uh, California money just calls in to, hey, the Rams are 49ers and says, hey, We'll give you this. We'll name a city or, or a county after you. Come back home. Uh, I, I just don't see him leaving Green Bay. Because let's face it, they're a really good team right now. They, they had some uh, stars that came up. Their right receiving crew is good. They have to fix up maybe some of that offensive line and maybe get some defense to help them out. But they're a team that could easily win a division next year. Let's face it, Minnesota is going to probably take a step back. We all know about the Bears. We all know about the Lions. So why wouldn't you uh, uh, keep Aaron Rodgers? I think. Uh, Dak Prescott is going to be the biggest domino, I think, when all these other places. And I, I know what people think well, It's Watson. Yeah, I, was Dak, I think Watson. Dak Prescott, oh, you, so think Dak going Prescott Dak? is going to be a domino.
0: Well, Raph, we were talking to Deshaun Watson earlier today, and I saw that Vegas or some people in Vegas had like the Jets as the odds-on favorite to land Deshaun Watson. What, what, uh, what's your gut telling you, your lines telling you, about where Deshaun Watson could, uh, Deshaun Watson could possibly land up?
4: I think it's two places. Uh, we've, we have Jets at plus two, uh, two to one and Miami at plus three. I think it's those two places. And I feel bad for Tua uh, if uh, Watson goes to Miami because he really never had a full shot. That started, but maybe they trade him, and maybe Tua goes to uh, Houston as as a quarterback to start there. Let me
0: ask you then, Raph. So I mean, we were lamenting a bit, like, what if the uh, Chicago Bears were able to land Deshaun Watson? Like Ryan Pace makes up for his demons when he could have drafted uh, Deshaun Watson (laughs) instead of Mitchell Trubisky. So you know, the Bears. We never saw Khalil Mack
4: coming to the Bears.
0: Is there? Do you have the Bears listed as a potential spot suitor for Deshaun Watson?
4: They're 12-1. I don't see the Bears going. Keep an eye out for Derek Carr for the Raiders or Matt Ryan. Uh, I would not be shocked if the Bears look at that kind of uh, maybe really? a Tier 2 quarterback. Uh, I think Carr is going to be looking for a job in the Raiders. I think that we all know the Falcons are probably going to draft uh, in their draft spot a rookie. So keep an eye out for those two for maybe the Chicago Bears. Watson, I just don't see him going to the Chicago. Uh, he's not an outdoor. He's really not a successful outdoor quarterback. I think he wants uh, to go somewhere limelight. Uh, that's why I think huh. Miami could be a nice landing spot. What about what
0: about Matthew Stafford? And do you see him going? Um, obviously, he's going to be gone from the Lions, but where do you have him on
4: the board for Vegas? At first, we had the Colts, but I really think the 49ers in New England are going to make a big, 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 big push. But again, keep an eye out for the Dallas Cowboys. Again, Dak Prescott is going to be a huge domino. If he decides that he wants to leave and all that, then I think Dallas is a big front-runner to, to, bring, to bring the homeboy back home. Matthew Stafford is from De- Texas. So, okay, if,
0: if Dak uh, Prescott goes somewhere, then where do you have him listed? at? that? Uh,
4: Prescott is... Uh, New England's a big uh, spot. Uh, keep an eye out. And Prescott's contract is not it's a little bit more friendly, so keep an eye out for the Saints to even may, oh. maybe making a spot for Brett, even though their cap space is horrible.
0: Interesting, very interesting. Raphael joining us right now from mybookie.ag, our gambler to the stars uh, Raph, let me uh, just talk about this. I do have a question from um, our guy on Twitch here, The King. He wants to know, uh, could you ask Raphael who he likes this Sunday to win the men's and women's Royal Rumble?
4: Ooh, That's pretty, that's pretty good. I, I have some storylines I think that could probably fit well on who wins it. I don't think it's going to happen, but keep an eye out for uh, Edge. Uh, for the men, I think, I think they want to try to give him a nice send out. He's still uh, doing stuff, the like edge? Yeah, he's, he, he was last year, but I think it's going to be either Keith Lee or uh, Brock Lesnar. I would not be shocked if Lesnar comes back. He's been out <laughs> for a while, uh, but I think them two will probably be my winner. And Big E at 3 to 1, I think, is a really good value. Uh, for the women's, I think it's wide open. I like Rhea Ripley. I think she makes a, another return to the main, uh, the main events of either SmackDown. Or Raw at plus 370. And uh, keep an eye out for Bailey. I think her, she reinvented herself of being a heel, and a lot of people like her. I think her at getting eight to one is, uh, is good value. But who, who does not like Alexa Bliss? I love her character change, and she's hot.
0: Okay, well, I don't even know who she is, but since you said that, Alexa Bliss, you said? Okay, I'm Googling yeah. right now. I went to Google.com, Raph. I typed in Alexa do you, Bliss. Do you
4: like how I know like all these NFL trade rumors? Oh, and then you okay, like okay. Little, some little Margot Roby vibes a
0: little bit there going yeah. on there from uh, Suicide Squad. I'm more of a brunette fan myself, Raph, but yeah, I, can, I definitely get the appeal here. All right, <laughs> before I let you go, Raph, um, I'm going to bring it up. I know you kind of started already, but I'm going to bring it up for everyone. Do you have any odds on anyone from, like, hedge, Street, uh, hedge Funds, Wall Street, or Robin Hood going to prison for the highway robbery they did in plain sight to the average
4: American person? Uh, if, uh, I'm going to start doing a little bit of research on that over the weekend. I would have to say probably no. I, uh, I, someone's got to fall I, on the I, sword, don't they? I think someone will. I don't see prison-like. Cause let's face it, they want, they want a name to go to prison. Unless they're going to put the whole uh, a famous name to show an example like a Martha Stewart or a Billy <laughs> Walters or a Phil Mickelson when they were all in trouble. Those were names. No one's going to know about no CEO of GameStop or uh, Robin Hood or, or the HBO TV show Pied Piper. I mean, no one's going to know uh, anyone. Someone needs to pay, Raphael. We need pain. I, I agree, I agree, but the, it, it should be very interesting uh, on that one. I'm still blown away how TikTok is doing a whole pregame for the Super Bowl. What? Didn't some president try to ban TikTok from the United States and now they're heading the Super Bowl uh, limelight?
0: I didn't even know that. Oh, ooh, speaking of uh, football stuff, the Pro Bowl is going to be AFC, NFC, obviously, but playing Madden against each other, do you have any odds on the video game Pro Bowls?
4: I sent a, an email out to see how they're going to set it up, because I would love to do that. I'm just waiting for that email to come back. Cause I think it's really, I think it's very exciting to, to see how they format it, because I think it'd be great, great betting options. If it's, if it's all live, if it's not live, if it's taped and they're going to show it, then, Raph, then no, I'm not going to do it. Uh,
0: before I let you go, what's more of a sure thing? Betting on the stock market, which is obviously rigged for the wealthy, or gambling?
4: I think they're kind of both because both you're just playing numbers. I mean, you can't just bet a stock just because you saw something on Reddit or social media. You can't bet a sports book play just because you saw someone on Twitter that says they're 100 and 0 and this is my dead game of the year. You have to do the research yourself and it's just just playing numbers. Well,
0: Raph, I heard you're 100 and 0. So if that's the case, then how do we follow along on Twitter and all the socials with you?
4: I wish I was 100 and all. Just look at my college basketball, uh, my college basketball record. I'm collecting cans just to, to support my college basketball uh, habit. But uh, so uh, jump, up, jump over to mybookie.ag, get that 57 sign-up bonus. You can find me at docsports.com and on Twitter at BSI Docsports. And check me out on Instagram. I do a whole bunch of polls for the game of the day. And so far, the poll is red hot. I think the poll has won four straight wins.
0: All right, Raph, uh, stop looking at Alexa Bliss and get back on your gambling lines, all right, brother? cute.
4: See you, man. (laughs) Have a good (laughs) night.
0: Love me some Raphael. That's some good stuff there.